propositions twenty to thirty nine of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by geoffrey edwards proposition twenty the essence of soul is beyond all bodies the intellectual nature is beyond all souls and the one is beyond all intellectual hypostases for every body is movable by something else but is not naturally adapted to move itself but by the presence of soul is moved of itself lives on account of soul and when soul is present is in a certain respect self-movable but when it is absent is alter-movable as deriving this nature from soul which is allotted a self-movable essence for to whatever nature soul is present to this it imparts self-motion it is however by a much greater priority that which it imparts by its very being hence it is beyond bodies which become self-movable by participation as being essentially self-movable again however soul which is moved from itself has an order secondary to the immovable nature which subsists immovable according to energy because of all the natures that are moved the self-movable essence is the leader but of all that move the immovable is the leader if therefore soul being moved from itself moves other things it is necessary that prior to it there should be that which moves immovably but intellect moves being immovable and energizing always with an invariable sameness of subsistence for soul on account of intellect participates of perpetual intellectual energy just as body on account of soul possesses the power of moving itself for if perpetual intellection was primarily in soul it would be inherent in all souls in the same manner as the self-motive power hence perpetual intellection is not primarily in soul it is necessary therefore that prior to it there should be that which is primarily intellective and hence intellect is prior to souls moreover the one is prior to intellect for intellect though it is immovable yet is not the one for it intellectually perceives itself and energizes about itself and of the one indeed all beings in whatever way they may exist participate but all beings do not participate of intellect for those beings to whom intellect is present by participation necessarily participate of knowledge because intellectual knowledge is the principal and first cause of the gnostic energy the one therefore is beyond intellect and there is no longer anything else beyond the one for the one and the good are the same but the good as has been demonstrated 
is the principle of all things. Proposition 21. That intellect is not the first cause. Every order, beginning from a monad, proceeds into a multitude coordinate to the monad, and the multitude of every order is referred to one monad. For the monad, having the relation of a principle, generates a multitude allied to itself. Hence one series, and one whole order has a decrement into multitude from the monad. For there would no longer be an order or a series if the monad remained of itself unprolific. But multitude is again referred to the one common cause of all coordinate natures. For that in every multitude which is the same has not its progression from one of those things of which the multitude consists. For that which subsists from one alone of the many is not common to all, but eminently possesses the peculiarity of that one alone. Hence, since in every order there is a certain communion, connection, and sameness, through which some things are said to be coordinate, but others of a different order, it is evident that sameness is derived to every order from one principle. In each order, therefore, there is one monad prior to the multitude, which imparts one ratio and connection to the natures arranged in it, both to each other and to the whole. For let one thing be the cause of another, among things that are under the same series, but that which ranks as the cause of the one series must necessarily be prior to all in that series, and all things must be generated by it as coordinate, not so that each will be a certain particular thing, but that each will belong to this order. Corollary From these things it is evident that both unity and multitude are inherent in the nature of body, that one nature has many natures co-suspended from it, and that many natures proceed from the one nature of the universe. It follows also that the order of souls originates from one first soul, and proceeds with diminution into the multitude of souls, that in the intellectual essence also there is an intellectual monad, and that a multitude of intellects proceeds from one intellect and is converted to it, that a multitude of unities likewise originates from the one, which is prior to all things, and that there is an extension of these unities to the one. Hence, after the first one there are unities, after the first intellect there are intellects, after the first soul there are souls, and after total nature there are natures. Proposition 22. Every thing which subsists primarily and principally in each order is one, and is neither two, nor more than two, but is only begotten. For, if it be possible, let there be two things which thus subsist since there will be the same impossibility if there are more than two, or let that which subsists primarily consist of both these. 
but if indeed it consists of both it will again be one and there will not be two things that are first and if it be one of the two each will not be first nor if both are equally primary will each have a principal subsistence for if one of them is primary but this is not the same with the other what will it be in that order for that subsists primarily which is nothing else than that which it is said to be but each of these being different is and at the same time is not that which it is said to be if therefore these differ from each other but they do not primarily differ so far as they are that which they are said to be for this primarily suffers that which is the same both will not be first but that of which both participating are said to subsist primarily corollary from these things it is evident that what is primarily being is one alone and that there are not two primary beings or more than two that the first intellect is one alone and that there are not two first intellects and that the first soul is one this is also the case with every form such as the primarily beautiful and the primarily equal and in a similar manner in all things thus also with respect to the form of animal and the form of man the first of each is one for the demonstration is the same proposition twenty three concerning the imparticipable every imparticipable gives subsistence from itself to things which are participated and all participated hypostases are extended to imparticipable hyparxes for that which is imparticipable having the relation of a monad as subsisting from itself and not from another and being exempt from participants generates things which are able to be participated for either it remains of itself barren and possesses nothing honourable or it gives something from itself and that which receives indeed from it participates but that which is given subsists in a participated manner but every thing which is something belonging to a certain thing by which it is participated is secondary to that which is similarly present to all things and which fills all things from itself for that which is in one thing is not in others but that which is similarly present to all things in order that it may illuminate all things is not in one thing but is prior to all things for it is either in all things or in one of all or it is prior to all but that indeed which is in all things being distributed into all will again require another thing which may unite that which is distributed and all things will no longer participate of the same thing but this of one thing and that of another the one being divided but if it is in one of all things it will no longer be common to all but to one thing hence 
if it is common to things able to participate and is common to all it will be prior to all but this is imparticipable proposition twenty four every thing which participates is inferior to that which is participated and that which is participated is inferior to that which is imparticipable for that which participates being imperfect prior to participation but becoming perfect through participation is entirely secondary to that which is participated so far as it is perfect by participating for so far as it was imperfect it is inferior to that which it participates which makes it to be perfect that however which is participated since it belongs to a certain thing and not to all things is again allotted an hyparxis subordinate to that which is something belonging to all things and not to a certain thing for the latter is more allied to the cause of all but the former is less allied to it the imparticipable therefore is the leader of things which are participated but the latter are the leaders of participants for in short the imparticipable is one prior to the many but that which is participated in the many is one and at the same time not one and everything which participates is not one and at the same time one proposition twenty five concerning the perfect every thing perfect proceeds to the generation of those things which it is able to produce imitating the one principle of all for as that on account of its own goodness unically gives subsistence to all beings for the good and the one are the same so that the boniform is the same with the unical thus also those things which are posterior to the first on account of their perfection hasten to generate beings inferior to their own essence for perfection is a certain portion of the good and the perfect so far as it is perfect imitates the good but the good give subsistence to all things so that the perfect likewise is productive according to nature of those things which it is able to produce and that indeed which is more perfect by how much the more perfect it is by so much the more numerous are the progeny of which it is the cause for that which is more perfect participates in a greater degree of the good it is therefore nearer to the good but this being the case it is nearer to the cause of all and thus it is the cause of a greater number of effects that however which is more imperfect by how much the more imperfect it is by so much the less numerous are the effects of which it is the cause for being more remote from that which produces every thing it gives subsistence to fewer effects for to that which gives subsistence to or adorns or perfects or connects or vivifies or fabricates all things that nature is more allied which produces a greater number of each of these 
but that is more remote which produces a less number of each corollary from these things it is evident that the nature which is most remote from the principle of all is unprolific and is not the cause of anything for if it generated a certain thing and had something posterior to itself it is evident that it would no longer be most remote but that which it produced would be more remote than itself from the principle of all things but it would be nearer to productive power and besides this would imitate the cause which is productive of all beings proposition twenty six every cause which is productive of other things itself abiding in itself produces the natures posterior to itself and such as are successive for if it imitates the one but that immovably gives subsistence to things posterior to itself every thing which produces will possess in a similar manner the cause of productive energy but the one give subsistence to things immovably for if through motion the motion will be in it and being moved it will no longer be the one in consequence of being changed from the one but if motion subsists together with it it will also be from the one and either there will be a progression to infinity or the one will produce immovably and every thing which produces will imitate the producing cause of all things for everywhere from that which is primarily that which is not primarily derives its subsistence so that the nature which is productive of certain things originates from that which is productive of all things hence every producing cause produces subsequent natures from itself and while productive natures abide in themselves undiminished secondary natures are produced from them for that which is in any respect diminished cannot abide such as it is proposition twenty seven every producing cause on account of its perfection and abundance of power is productive of secondary natures for if it produced not on account of the perfect but through a defect according to power it would not be able to preserve its own order immovable for that which imparts existence to another thing through defect and imbecility imparts subsistence to it through its own mutation and change in quality but every thing which produces remains such as it is and in consequence of thus remaining that which is posterior to it proceeds into existence hence being full and perfect it gives subsistence to secondary natures immovably and without diminution it being that which it is and neither being changed into them nor diminished for that which is produced is not a distribution into parts of the producing cause since this is neither appropriate to the generating energy nor to generating causes nor is it a transition for it does not become the matter of that which proceeds since it remains such as it is and that which is produced is different from it hence that which generates is firmly established undiminished 
through prolific power multiplies itself and from itself imparts secondary hypostases proposition twenty eight every producing cause gives subsistence to things similar to itself prior to such as are dissimilar for since that which produces is necessarily more excellent than that which is produced they can never be simply the same with each other and equal in power but if they are not the same and equal but different and unequal they are either entirely separated from each other or they are both united and separated if however they are entirely separated they will not accord with each other and nowhere will that which proceeds from a cause sympathize with it hence neither will one of these participate of the other being entirely different from it for that which is participated gives communion to its participant with reference to that of which it participates moreover it is necessary that the thing caused should participate of its cause as from thence possessing its essence but if that which is produced is partly separated from and partly united to its producing cause if indeed it suffers each of these equally it will equally participate and not participate so that after the same manner it will both have essence and not have it from the producing cause and if it is more separated from than united to it the thing generated will be more foreign than allied to that by which it is generated will be more unadapted than adapted to it and to be more deprived of than possess sympathy with it if therefore the things which proceed from causes are allied to them according to their very being have sympathy with them are naturally suspended from them and aspire after contact with them desiring good and obtaining the object of their desire through the cause of their existence if this be the case it is evident that things produced are in a greater degree united to their producing causes than separated from them things however which are more united are more similar than dissimilar to the natures to which they are especially united every producing cause therefore gives subsistence to things similar to itself prior to such as are dissimilar proposition twenty nine every progression is effected through a similitude of secondary to first natures for if that which produces gives subsistence to similars prior to dissimilars the similitude derived from the producing causes will give subsistence to the things produced for similars are rendered similar through similitude and not through dissimilitude if therefore progression in its diminution preserves a certain sameness of that which is generated with that which generates and exhibits that which is posterior to the generator such in a secondary degree as the generator is primarily it will have its subsistence through similitude proposition thirty every thing which is produced from a certain thing without a medium 
abides in its producing cause and proceeds from it for if every progression is effected while primary natures remain permanent and is accomplished through similitude similars being constituted prior to dissimilars if this be the case that which is produced will in a certain respect abide in its producing cause for that which entirely proceeds will have nothing which is the same with the abiding cause but will be perfectly separated from it and will not have anything common with and united to it hence it will abide in its cause in the same manner as that also abides in itself if however it abides but does not proceed it will in no respect differ from its cause nor will it while that abides be generated something different from it for if it is something different it is separated and apart from its cause if however it is apart but the cause abides it will proceed from the cause in order that while it abides it may be separated from it so far therefore as that which is produced has something which is the same with the producing cause it abides in it but so far as it is different it proceeds from it being however similar it is in a certain respect at once both the same and different hence it abides and at the same time proceeds and it is neither of these without the other proposition thirty one every thing which proceeds from a certain thing essentially is converted to that from which it proceeds for if it should proceed indeed but should not return to the cause of this progression it would not aspire after its cause for everything which desires is converted to the object of its desire moreover everything aspires after good and to each thing the attainment of it is through the proximate cause every thing therefore aspires after its cause for well-being is derived to everything from that through which its existence is derived but appetite is first directed to that through which well-being is derived and conversion is to that to which appetite is first directed proposition thirty two all conversion is effected through the similitude of the things converted to that to which they are converted for everything which is converted hastens to be conjoined with its cause and aspires after communion and colligation with it but similitude binds all things together just as dissimilitude separates and disjoins all things if therefore conversion is a certain communion and contact but all communion and all contact are through similitude if this be the case all conversion will be effected through similitude proposition thirty three every thing which proceeds from a certain thing and is converted to it has a circular energy for if it reverts to that from which it proceeds it conjoins the end to the beginning and the motion is one and continued one motion 
being from that which abides, but the other being directed to the abiding cause. Hence, all things proceed in a circle from causes to causes, greater and less circles being continually formed of conversions, some of which are to the natures immediately placed above the things that are converted, but others are to still higher natures, and so on as far as to the principle of all things. For all things proceed from this principle, and are converted to it. Proposition 34. Every thing which is converted according to nature makes its conversion to that from which also it had the progression of its proper hypostasis. For if it is converted according to nature, it will have an essential desire of that to which it is converted. But if this be the case, the whole being of it is suspended from that to which it makes an essential conversion, and it is essentially similar to it. Hence also it has a natural sympathy with, as being allied to the essence of it. If this, however, be the case, either the being of both is the same, or the one is derived from the other, or both are allotted similitude from a certain other one. But if the being of both is the same, how is the one naturally converted to the other? And if both are from a certain one, it will be according to nature for both to be converted to that one. It remains, therefore, that the one must derive its being from the other. But if this be the case, the progression will be from that to which the conversion is according to nature. Corollary From these things, therefore, it is evident that intellect is the object of desire to all things, that all things proceed from intellect, and that the whole world, though it is perpetual, possesses its essence from intellect. For it is not prevented from proceeding from intellect, because it is perpetual. For neither, because it is always arranged, is it not converted to intellect. But it always proceeds, is essentially perpetual, and is always converted, and indissoluble according to order. Proposition 35 everything caused abides in proceeds from and returns or is converted to its cause for if it alone abided it would in no respect differ from its cause being without separation and distinction from it for progression is accompanied with separation but if it alone proceeded it would be unconjoined and deprived of sympathy with its cause having no communication with it whatever. And if it were alone converted, how can that which has not its essence from the cause be essentially converted to that which is foreign to its nature? But if it should abide and proceed, but should not be converted, how will there be a natural desire to everything of well-being and of good, and an excitation to its generating cause? and if it should proceed and be converted but should not abide how being separated from its cause will it hasten to be conjoined with it for it was unconjoined 
prior to its departure, since if it had been conjoined it would entirely have abided in it. But if it should abide and be converted, but should not proceed, how can that which is not separated be able to revert to its cause? For every thing which is converted resembles that which is resolved into the nature from which it is essentially divided. It is necessary, however, either that it should abide alone, or be converted alone, or alone proceed, or that the extremes should be bound to each other, or that the medium should be conjoined with each of the extremes, or that all should be conjoined. Hence it remains that every thing must abide in its cause, proceed from, and be converted to it. Proposition 36. Of all things which are multiplied according to progression, the first are more perfect than the second, the second than those posterior to them, and after the same manner successively. For if progressions separate productions from their causes, and there are diminutions of things secondary with respect to such as are first, it follows that first natures, in proceeding, are more conjoined with their causes, being, as it were, germinations from them. But second natures are more remote from their causes, and in a similar manner such as are successive. Things, however, which are nearer and more allied to their causes are more perfect, for causes are more perfect than things caused but things which are more remote are more imperfect, being dissimilar to their causes. Proposition 37. Of all things which subsist according to conversion, the first are more imperfect than the second, and the second than those that follow, but the last are the most perfect. For if conversions are effected in a circle, and conversion is directed to that from which progression is derived, but progression is from that which is most perfect. Hence conversion is directed to the most perfect, and if conversion first begins from that in which progression terminates, but progression terminates in that which is most imperfect, conversion will begin from the most imperfect. Hence, in things which subsist according to conversion, such as are most imperfect are the first, but such as are most perfect the last. Proposition 38. Every thing which proceeds from certain numerous causes is converted through as many causes as those are through which it proceeds, and all conversion is through the same things as those through which progression is effected. For, since each of these takes place through similitude, that indeed which has a transition immediately from a certain thing is also immediately converted to it. For the similitude here is without a medium, but that which requires a medium in proceeding requires also a medium according to conversion. For it is necessary that each should be affected with reference to the same thing. Hence the conversion will be first to the medium, 
and afterwards to that which is better than the medium. Through such things, therefore, as being is derived to each thing, through so many well-being also is derived, and vice versa. Proposition 39. Every being is either alone essentially converted, or vitally, or also gnostically. For either it alone possesses being from its cause, or life together with being, or it likewise receives from thence a gnostic power. So far, therefore, as it alone is, it makes an essential conversion. But so far as it lives a vital, and so far as it likewise knows, a gnostic conversion. For in such a way as it proceeded from its cause, such also is the mode of its conversion to it, and the measures of its conversion are defined by the measures according to progression. Desire, therefore, is to some things according to being alone, this desire being an aptitude to the participation of causes. But to others it is according to life, being a motion to more excellent natures, and to others it is according to knowledge, being a co-sensation of the goodness of causes. End of Proposition 39